a playlist original. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster Presents Deep Dives with Owen and Gaius. If you are seeing some of these clips on social media, you are indeed seeing double because <laughs> 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 Owen is joining his, oh, his brother along. Yeah, his twin brother. So there's two Owens this week. No, I'm just kidding. His brother Carl is going to be on with us for this episode. It got mentioned when we were at the beach. I was like, if you guys watched the movie together that I chose, you should hop on. And he was down. So this is going to be a fun one. I'm yeah. Excited. How's it going, everybody? Yeah. So uh, actually, you know what, Carl? I mean, I guess, you know, it's funny because I just recorded with Jackson. And I think Owen and I, we, we, this is our first official guest on. Yeah, the, first official. On, on the spinoff. And we did jokingly say when we were recording that, like, Jackson should have been our first one. And I actually mentioned I that to him. I, and I was like. I was like, yeah, it should have been you, but you know, he's family, so he's gonna come first. Family, um, like, uh, so, curious. But no, he under he understood. And he thought it'd be a, a pretty fun idea to have Carl on anyway. So it's pretty exciting, Carl. Just in case you want to give the listeners a little backstory about yourself, whatever you want to share, feel free, so we can get to know you. Sure. Yeah. As I guess, as far as movies go, I'm a pretty casual movie watcher. Throw anything on Netflix that looks interesting to me. I'm a little bit of a judge a book by its cover uh, when it comes to the Netflix titles. But other than that, you know, I love to be outside. I live in California as well. And just really excited to be on the podcast. It's it's exciting to yeah, be the first guest too on the yeah. deep dives. Should be an honor. I wonder if anyone is going I mean, when you especially once the episode goes progresses and each one of you talks because I think you sound similar. Yeah. So, so I wonder if anyone's going to be like, I don't know who was speaking in any given moment. It would mm -hmm. probably be fun for people to like guess who's who. Yeah. It's, it's still kind of interesting and fun, uh, you know, to have you on though, you know, kind of see Thanks. what people think about it. Yeah. No, Carl and I have been, I mean, before Gates, before you and I started watching and, and talking a lot about movies before, I mean, this was the guy that I would speak with about everything give movie rec recommendations to and receive also as well. So like just talking back and forth about movies, giving good suggestions and he's got some good insights. So I'm excited to hear. I mean, we, we kind of did a little debrief after the movie <laughs> yesterday too. So we yeah. were kind of like, Hey, what do you think? Like there was, you know, like that 30 second pause after the movie's over, after it's over, of, you just kind of like look yeah. at each other and you're like, yeah. Oh, so, what'd you think? <laughs> we kind of had, yeah, we kind of had one of those, which was good. But yeah, I, I love, I mean, one of the things I love about this podcast is just it gives me and us the opportunity since it is in a longer time frame to just like, there's sometimes like, I'll, I'll kind of come in to all the listeners out there kind of wondering my process on how I kind of do this kind of thing. I'll kind of give myself like five to six pointers that I can start with kind of things yeah. that I like to think about. But then as we talk about it, all these certain scenes start to come up and all these different things that, that I remember when I watched it, especially when it's fresh in my, fresh in my mind that will that just kind of come up and then I'll remember a scene or I'll remember a line. And uh, that's one of the best things about it is just since we have a little bit more time to kind of get nitty gritty and, and get in depth into it, which is, which is great. So yeah. this was a good one, a heavy one to, uh, to, yeah, to I, I, so. I think I, I text when I sent you the movie, I was like, all right, just so you know, it's pretty heavy. And I think before you guys left the beach, I was like, I'm sorry, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just wanted to make sure you guys like do it and you weren't like, well, what the fuck do you make those watch? Yeah. But you know, well done though. I mean, it's heavy, but like, you know, 
we'll we'll get into like some of the yeah. more finer points of it. I do before we start because offline we talked about this, but we talk about good pods a lot because they're they're really uh you know when we started the show like they their platform had kind of just really started. So yeah. a lot of a lot of our a lot of people that we have been on our show podcasts and stuff started around the time that we did it, yeah. and they really got in got in line with good pods because they were really like a showcase for like independent podcasters because you know we're not joe rogan we don't have like a you know people like there's not a lot of backing you know for this you know other than playlist yeah. like doing the editing and all that stuff like yeah you know we, we don't have previous like celebrity fame to kind of go yeah. off or anything like that so yeah so the good thing about good pods is like it's plays a little different than other platforms because like when a show when someone watches your show on oh, using good pods like it's automatically shared on their front page. So this other podcasters are like seeing our show pop up on other people who happen to watch it. And then that's how it kind of gets discovered in a more organic way. And they've been really good for us. When we first started, we hit number one, on the film reviews chart, like pretty early on good pods, pretty early, on. We, uh, pretty early on. And then we fell off and like, we were like top 10, top 15. Yeah. And then like, and then for like our year, the year show where you came back for, you were like, we got to get back to number one. And I well, was like, when you all hit right. Number one's, when you hit number one super early, it's always the goal to get back there. But yeah, I mean, as Good Pods has grown, I mean, a lot of independent podcasts have started to become popular. And I mean, that's yeah. how we've discovered a lot of a lot of the people that we interact with and connect with consistently. And there's a lot of good content out there that's that's been, been being shared around. And it's really, really great to see just the support that all of these different communities have for each other because it's it's not i think sometimes those podcasts can get a little bit what's the right way to put it they they're very competitive sometimes in a negative way whereas yeah. it's, it's very supportive which i i really enjoy yeah i think so too i mean like i met you know you've been on the show with him before like antonio met on good pods yep some of the people from like the so wizard podcast were on yeah. a couple episodes like and it's cool because that like top 10 has been a lot of us that started around the same time so that's pretty nice to see like some, and there have been, and there are a lot more shows now compared to when we joined good pods. Um, yeah. but we were like steadily going back up since like, since Jackson got back on, was got on the show and then you, we started doing the spinoff. We were like steadily getting back up. So it'd be like number 10 and then seven. And then we were just be in the top five, like usually at five. And I'm like, all right, I'm cool with top five. You were like, no, I want to no, get back to number one. No. So then we go up to like, we go up to like four and I'm like, all right, four is good. And then I check it last week. And we hit number two and I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. I'm cool and with I two for now. And I, shoot, and I share that with you guys. And I was like, all right, fine with number two. It's still cool. And then I go to check it on Friday randomly. And we actually were at number one on the film review chart. We uh, did it. We made it back up there. So that's pretty exciting. And that's a testament to everyone like listening on that platform and then sharing the show on that platform. And then once you kind of like, deeper into it, like for the week for like top 100 shows on their platform, like any category, our show is like number 24. And that's for like any, like that's mixing like true crime sports, like whatever podcast shows are out there. Like that's pretty cool to be at that number with that many different shows. And yeah. then uh, our episodes, all the episodes that we did last week were all in the top 100 uh, episodes. Uh, the deep dive that we did last time for Dogma actually was, I think it's still in there as of this recording, still in the top 100 episodes. Nice. And you know, I, yeah, I, we have a joke with the movies that we've been choosing because 
Owen somehow picks movies that like I have they a, are I they have a sixth sense, man. They're like they're they happen to be trending in the news, or someone involved in them happens to be trending in the news. So with prisoners, it was like a Netflix thing, right? It just like released to Netflix or just started streaming on Netflix. It had just become and then it was like the number one or two on like top ten movies. So it right. was like kind of trending on Netflix at that, at that time. Yeah. And then he did when he picked Killing Them Softly, the director of that movie, Andrew Dominic had directed the movie Blonde with Anna Darmus that was on Netflix that she got nominated for an Oscar for, but then the movie got like a ton of Razzie nominations for like worst picture, worst director. He had some choice words about why. And he had some choice, he had some choice words about Americans not really understanding his film, but because he was trending, Killing Them Softly was trending as well. So he picked another one. And then uh, with Tucker and Dale, it wasn't so much that it trended, but it, you picked the right small movie that like, people really enjoyed that one. So that yeah. one did really well too. I've only picked one movie that's trended a little, and that was only because like, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow, like Han is in that, and that same yeah. week they released right like that trailer for that's, Yeah, so I'm not as good at it. I, Owen is <laughs> somehow, <laughs> every single time. The right partner in crime, that's what it is. No, maybe if, maybe if Carl's on, like he'd probably be on other episodes, he'd probably be really good at picking one too. Maybe yeah. just runs in the family. <laughs> yeah. Not to say that all the movies that we've shown, you know, except for Mr. Brooks, that didn't really work out for Owen. Hey, listen, like we <laughs> said, that sparked a great discussion, and that is the entire point of this show. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, you know, it's, I just wanted to, I already said it to Jackson because we just recorded, and I'm going to say it to you, like, you know, the show doing so well on that. And by the way, listen to it anywhere you want. If it's Spotify, if it's Apple Podcasts, it doesn't matter. But the fact that you still in my closing argument, guys. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but but since Good Pods really is a showcase for independent podcasters, it's nice that a lot of that is coming from there. And you know, my buddy David, that I went to middle school with, I he, every time we post like games like that, he's just like, the last two or three months of both of your shows have just been like super focused. You can tell that like you got a good co-host in Jackson. You can tell that you and Owen are having a lot of fun doing the other show. I think that is probably what people are hearing and what they have been enjoying. And that's why it's, I think, gotten better and better each time we've done it. So that's a huge thank you as well, because I already gave one to Jackson before this. But yeah, yeah. hey, thank, thank you, man. I mean, like we, we talked about it over the weekends. And I think that it's something that it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, we'd, we've been doing this for a year and a half and it's, it's not something that is just like comes seamlessly and naturally there's going to be ups and right. downs. And I think we've been very transparent with that, but yep. right now we're hitting ourselves in a, in a good stride and it feels really, really good. My motivation and excitement and enjoyment are just at an all time high and it just keeps getting better. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I mean, I look forward to it every other Monday to to record and being on the episode with Jackson last week was fantastic. I guess it yeah. was two weeks ago now. Yeah, um, I guess it was two weeks ago now. Yeah, yeah. released last week. Yeah. yeah, and that that was great. Actually, Carl watched um Carl just watched a movie with uh with our boy Donnie Yen in it. Uh, oh, today, actually, nice. right? I did. I watched it last night. Yeah, I watched not exactly if it's IP Man or Ip Man in the movie, they call him Ip Man. Okay. But classic old kung fu movie. And I love myself a good kung fu movie where fights just break out in the street. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And just it's so great. People are using props yeah. and stuff to hit each other. <laughs> anyway, great, great movie. Have you ever seen uh, Enter the Dragon? The uh, Bruce Lee. I feel like the I, I feel like you would. I feel like you would really, feel like if you like, 
I feel like you would really like, I mean, it's, I mean, Bruce Lee is, I mean, amazing. Gone way too soon though. You could tell that he was like on the threshold of like being like a big movie star, but just of watching that guy work. I mean, I was telling Owen this, like there are certain people that like, they have said that would move too fast on camera because they, and Bruce Lee was one of those people. They were like, you need to slow down. One of the, Right again, the guy thing right now, but the the guy who played uh, Sub Zero in the new Mortal Kombat movie, he's another one that yeah. they're like, you're like, this is why we hired you, but please, like, you have to slow Relax, down because we can't we can't ca- we can't capture all your movements on camera. And like, what a fun good problem to have that you're that badass that you move too quickly to be caught it's on probably camera. Harder. It's probably harder as the as him, like, because you you probably learn those moves so like just seamlessly and and you just like memorize them to a T. That yeah. when they tell you to slow down, it's probably a little bit more difficult to act that way. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine too, like, yeah, like this is what you hired me for, man. <laughs> like, let, let me yeah. do my thing. But yeah, but yeah, but I guess Donnie Yen also has that issue too. But I mean, what a good issue to have. I mean, that means you're just a badass. Yeah, great issue to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Donnie Yen was Donnie Yen was like my most uh, was my MVP of like John Wick Four. Like, I loved every scene that he was in. Like, so he stole good. the he's show. Yeah, he stole the show completely. But yeah, yeah, just you know, it's. I'm glad you said that thing about like, you know, with this show, we get to kind of like sit on the stuff that we get to talk about. Like, I was thinking, I was thinking about it just when we were recording, like we had to like talk about Jonathan Majors again, because like, that story keeps developing. And I was like, this was the yeah. kind of stuff that like, Owen was like, do we have to talk about it again? Like, right. I remember when Miller stuff, I was like, well, that was a little bit entertaining because he just kept doing stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it was, it was the Ezra Miller one. I remember the Will, Will Smith, Smith one, Will, Will Smith, you were like, I, you're like, I don't want to cover this anymore. And I, I completely understand that though. And I think that's what makes doing the weekly show like really hard. Cause it's like, you have to stay on top of that and pay attention to it. And even if it's like completely annoying to do so, or like, there's not much new things going on with the story, but like, it's just enough where you're like, well, we brought it up last week. So we have to like talk about it again. Well, cause it's consistent, always, I guess. it progresses and, and it, like new information comes out and stuff like that. But yeah, Jonathan Major stuff is pretty sad because he yeah. was he got handed and, a golden ticket. Yeah, and and allegedly fucked it up. Well, we don't know for sure yet, but we'll, we will see. But that's the good thing about this show is that you just have to like talk about one thing, uh, yeah, one movie, and it's a lot easier to keep up with. Um, and I'm glad it's finally my pick uh, this week. Finally, finally, um, fi- much different said we keep picking movies that are so different this is a much different beast than dogma was the last time we did this yeah but i will everyone know right now the movie that i chose was disconnect it's a 2012 drama directed by henry alex rubin and written by andrew stern it stars jason bateman hope davis frank grillo michael nequist paula patton andrea riseborough alexander skarsgård matt Riot, colin ford and jonah bobo and in the film, it explores how people experience the negative sides of modern communication technology by following three interconnecting stories. So usually uh, when the other person hasn't seen the movie before, I we like to go into like what their initial thoughts of it before we go deeper into it. And then I share like how I discovered the movie. Carl, since you're a guest, I'll let you give your quick like, you know, clip notes on like what you thought of the movie just overall. like. Yeah, seeing sure. it for the first time last night. So it's interesting because my first impression was of the movie was that I wasn't sure if I really liked it or not. But I think that that is kind of the point of it. And, yeah. you know, it's it's supposed to, to show the 
you know, true horrors that can happen from online communication. And it, some of the stuff was pretty hard to watch. But that being said, I thought that the performances were really good. And uh, just, I loved the, the family dynamics in with Jason Bateman and and his family could really kind of tell like, Oh my gosh, I I can't believe this family is going through Mm. what it's going through. Right. So just, yeah, hit you in the feels for sure. Pretty hard. <laughs> like right away, that, especially that story in particular. I mean, like, I think all the stories have some strengths to them, but I think just overall, like overall impact, that's probably my favorite story of the ones that are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that that story is a pretty tough one. That that was the one I was like, oh, that's when I was like, this is heavy. That's the, the heavy. I mean, I guess all three of them have their own kind of heaviness to them, but yeah. that one kind of hits like a pretty like, you either know people have experienced that or like you hear about it a lot. It was the most, like, it was pretty realistic, I think. And that's why I think that one hits the hardest of the three. But yeah. Yeah. What about you? Owen? Yeah. I, I like, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that it was a very different type of directing style and like the way that it was shot was something that I really hadn't seen before. And Carl and I were talking about it too. It's like, a lot of the scenes, I mean, there was probably 10 to maybe even 20 minutes of shots where it's kind of like a split screen and you see one half is just text messages or emails, right. instant messaging. And the right. other half is just pretty much zeroed in directly on the actor's face, showing the reaction that they're having from this conversation that they're they're having with either whether or not it's a fake person or a kid or like anything like that. And I thought the interactions between two people behind the screen was more real than the interactions that people were having in like in person because right. they felt that they could be a little bit more honest, honest. They could be a little bit more realistic. And then when they are, especially with the kid, Frank Grillo and his son. So like yeah. those, like that relationship is stale. It's angry. They both kind of resent each other for his wife's death. And they don't really tell each other how he fe- how they feel. They're I both feel, busy. Yeah. And, like, he ends up connecting with um, uh, Boyd. Gosh, the kid who goes into the coma. I can't remember his, the actor's name. Jonah Bobo. Jonah Bobo. Yeah, Bobo, yeah. So he ends up, like, they would have been friends. Like, they seem yeah. like they were kind of going through the same thing. But in, at school, he needs to keep up appearances. And nice. he can't necessarily, like, he's cool. And Jonah's a little bit of a outcast. Yeah, outcast. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I thought that it was an interesting take because it's really hard. Like, that is the what we're going through in, in modernity now is, like, people are communicating online. And how do you show that on the screen? That's a really hard thing to show is just constant communication online without right. uh, any dialogue. So I thought that was a really interesting take. The only stories that didn't interact were, I mean, Jason Bateman was the lawyer for her company yeah there's like the, so like i guess that, the, those, those didn't really intertwine which, which right. was fine i mean everything else kind of came together but i um, actually that was the only like, one that just yeah i actually like that it's not they don't make a big deal to like overtly connect all like there's they're very connected in like subtle for, like no reason but like yeah and, like having frank grillo's character be involved in like stuff with paula Patton and her husband like you know and showing right. what he does for a living and like i thought like without it being too heavy-handed like oh these stories are connected I thought they did it in a decent enough way where they didn't like beat you over the head with it. I know the Jason Bateman one is the only one that's like, well, you didn't even have to like that. That didn't really have to happen. <laughs> you didn't really need to yeah. connect them that way. 
Yeah. It was almost, I felt it, it almost, almost like felt, a two minute scene. It seemed like yeah. a little bit. It was like an afterthought that they were happen. like, they were like, oh, we got to throw him in here somewhere to like connect the story. That's what I kind of feel like with that moment. But the rest of them, I think like mostly were that, that as far as one of my favorite lines. Yeah. That scene had one of our favorite lines was when Bateman was kind of like, he pulls her outside and yeah. he's like, okay, I'm going to give you some time to rethink what you just lied to those FBI yeah, agents yeah. about. And, and like, because yeah. he, he he was like calm and collected in there, but he yeah, knew yeah. exactly, exactly. that not telling the truth. Yeah, which I, I thought that was, that was a great line. That's a great, and great delivery by Jason Bateman. Cause like, it's kind of like, I mean, first of all too, I had to watch, listen to some of the commentary. Cause there's not a lot of, you know how we do like fun facts about the movie after. There's not yeah. a lot on this movie. So I listened to like, director who actually is a documentary filmmaker this was his first feature film that he directed you know he when he cast jason bateman he was just like i need you to grow a beard and because i because every because everyone is going to think of you from like arrest development you're mostly you're you're mostly a comedic actor and it was like one of the first few shots i guess that jason bateman had as a serious actor i mean that was the first thing that i saw him in where he was like dramatic actor and like i was really surprised by how good he actually was i mean but a lot i guess a lot of comedic actors really do well in drama like they somehow can like pull some really uh deep Sandler. stuff yeah another know. yeah jim carrey's another one that's done it before like but yeah he was really like you know everyone's gonna think of you as like so this guy so we have to make you look different and like but that line delivery is very much like it's almost kind of snarky and it's like it reminded me a little bit of like that's funny jason bateman michael yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, that line, that line is great. Uh, you know, since they are split up into three stories, I guess we can like just attack them like that. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I kind of got an impression of which one, but I'll just just in case, like which story did you guys like the most of the three, and then maybe which one didn't work as well for you? Are there certain things you might have changed or whatever? You know, stuff like that. Hmm. I guess I can start with the one that was my least favorite. And uh, that was with the couple going to to get their identity back. I I guess I, I felt the most uncomfortable with that one. There were a few scenes where I just, I was so worried that the husband was going to go off the rails and, and do something totally rash. And, and his his behavior was just... It, it was kind of freaking me out because you could tell he was just in this kind of manic state where he was yeah. in, like didn't really know what was you know he was in shock adrenaline and yeah. that made the viewer like i'm not really sure what's going to happen so i guess yeah, I that one that. made me the most uncomfortable which is why it wasn't my it was my least favorite, favorite. i really liked the i guess i'll agree with the consensus i liked the family jason bateman that that story the best it yeah. was just really well told and again i loved i love the family i thought all all the the actors did a great job in the family they felt like a real family too like they didn't really feel like daughters playing just, roles yeah. the daughter played an amazing like she did an incredible job yeah you know the scene where and i only know this because i listened to the commentary the scene where she finds her brother after he tries to commit suicide mm-hmm. The director did not let her see that beforehand. So he wanted her to walk in and just see it for the first time. And her reaction to that is very real. And like body weight was like difficult for her to like hold on to. And he said that she cried for like 10 minutes after 
that was done, but he was like, that's that was traumatizing, that, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was but that was the react that was the reaction that he wanted from her and that's what he got and I mean, it's a pretty powerful moment a hard one to watch but like yeah. you know I, I thought that was when you watch it knowing that it's like oh wow i mean she's having and she said she had a difficult time like cutting him down it felt like played real because like that was her first time seeing it and that was the take they used was that yeah. just that one take her seeing it for the first time yeah i agree with you about the the story with like paula Patton and her husband there's parts of it I think that work really well. I think they're both really good in in the movie, mm-hmm. and I I think their story is pretty tragic about why they're not communicating, you know, because they lost a child and like there's yeah. a lot of blame to go into that and like you know and them really not talking about like them dealing with their grief over that and then her having to reach out to like virtual strangers to have had someone to talk to. Oof. Oh, I actually think that part of the story is really well done. It loses me a little, and not completely. I think there's still parts of it that work, but once they do go off to like you know try to get their identity back, and like they're following that guy, mm-hmm. it feel it feels a bit unrealistic compared, compared <laughs> to the to the compared to the other stories that seem a bit more grounded. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that's like my only issue with it. Yeah, I think that that one had a great start, like, yeah. and Paul Patton is completely underutilized. Like, she didn't really yeah. do much afterwards. Like, seemed like she. After her scene of her texting with the guy and kind of connecting with him, she was pretty much just kind of like sitting in the car, like staring at her husband. Like that was pretty much what she did. Yeah. And I think that that one had the most unsatisfying ending of all yep. three. Cause like the other ones, there's kind of some, there's, there's a lot more stakes where, right. it, and like, I think that, I mean, at the very end when like she kind of sees the guy that Skarsgård's about to shoot. Like, no. did they preface that that was the guy that she was talking to? Because, like, I didn't get that connection at all until she's like, Steven, just, she ra- it just like, randomly. I was like, wait. Yeah, because well, how did she know that this is the guy? Well, she knew that she knew that communication that she was having with fear and loathing, that that was a person that she was actually talking to. And they were, like, bonding over their shared, like, trauma and stuff. I mean, I guess the she knew him, like, that that was the person that she was talking to. I think what got kind of skewed was the fact that they believed or wrongly believed that uh, he was the one that like stole their identity and all that stuff. But she knew who he was. Yeah, I didn't get the connection that they knew that that was fear and loathing. Oh, yeah. I feel like that wasn't like... Like conveyed enough? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I just kind of was like, I just kind of glossed over it. But Skarsgård always plays, when he plays like a normal person, when he's not the <laughs> Northman or some like... True blood, or <laughs> like this, like CD, CD kind of like he like like looms over people because he. I mean, he's probably pretty tall in real life, but he kind of hunches over, yeah. and like I don't know the unreal, uh, unrealistic aspect that you were saying too. Like in the beginning, he's saying that he's about to lose his job, and then they just go on this escapade, and he can sit in his car for a whole day and stake out this guy. Like, right. what, what about his job? Is he? That's true. <laughs> like <the> <laughs> that's very true yeah so like maybe that that one just kind of seemed like they didn't know how to end it because after that like we don't hear anything about like i guess she says i don't care about the money yeah. and but i was convinced someone was gonna get shot i thought she might have gotten yeah. shot like <laughs> yeah when he kind of pulled the gun away or he was gonna shoot her or, or sh- shoot the other guy and yeah. so that was I don't know if that's disappointing that it, someone didn't get shot, but I feel like I was thinking that it was going to go that way. 
and then my it was building to something <laughs> yeah it, it felt like it was building it way more and then it just kind of stopped and i was like oh okay and and that's how i kind of felt with a lot of the stories uh like the sort of like good guy handshake between grillo and bateman where it's like yeah you struck my son but my son made your yeah, son, son try to commit too much suicide you're yeah. good now i was like okay like there's still some felony actions that, yeah, <laughs> that are going yeah. on that yeah. haven't really been addressed yes yeah so. I think I think in a, in a lot of ways it's a hard movie to end. Like I mean, with like, but I guess that's like kind of makes it kind of closer, like related to life, where there's like, these open ended. Like you don't really know where you have to kind of come up with your on your own, like where these characters are going to end up. You know, after the credits roll, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. The story with the the couple starts strong. Um, I actually think that Paula Patton's really good in like those like quiet moments where she's just talking and texting or like typing the fear and loathing and like she's conveying a lot of emotion on in her face without even having to say a word and i think yeah. she was really strong in those scenes and and i think it's kind of interesting that they they do end up communicating when they go on this little mission together i mean i think that part is kind of interesting but like i said the mission itself compared to the other stories feels a bit more unrealistic than the ones that were like that felt a bit more grounded than theirs so I do think, even though I think there are strong moments in it, I think that one is the weakest. And I think that, you know, like I agree with Carl, the Jason Bateman, the family story is probably the best one, probably the best written of the three. I, the acting from everyone involved, actually the acting from the whole cast is good, but like the acting from that family, which I, what I really liked about everyone in the movie is that everyone felt really like real and real well-rounded. They didn't really feel like you were watching actors playing roles. I think they were able to kind of disappear a bit and which made the situations a bit more like at times kind of heartbreaking because you feel like you're watching real people like go through all these things mm -hmm. but yeah i agree that that story is the strongest and the story involving the news reporter um yeah, i talked about that one dude, yeah, yeah so i think that <laughs> Andrea Riseborough, first of all, a nightmare of a name to put on a poster. Looking <laughs> up like everyone's majority, when you have six names, you had to really squeeze her like dumb the font yeah. down. They're like, you have to put her name on the poster. I was like, you need a pen name or something, girl. Because like, yeah, it was crazy is that she's a great actress. Like she's a chameleon of an actress. It. She killed like, it. Like she's British in real life. She really? never plays. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She never what? plays the same type of roles in anything that she does. So every time you see her in something, she disappears into it. This was the first thing I saw her in. I thought she was American, and then like I looked her up and I was like, oh no, shit. So oh. her, yeah, her American accent is like flawless. Wow. Like when she's when she's doing the whole like mocking, not mocking the news reporter thing where he's like giving yeah. the best, like whatever. She does that so well. Like she so sounds good. exact. Yeah, she's. Great, but I love what you said about her name. It's like because she wasn't like a huge, she wasn't a huge name when this movie came out, so they could have easily not thrown her on the poster. Yeah, she, I mean, she is the headline of that story, and of that story, yeah. That I mean, that that whole story, I thought for sure she was gonna get convicted of statutory rape. That's what I thought. <laughs> that that's where I thought that story was headed. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The director said that how he had max play their interactions was that he would tell him like yeah she's very into you you need to believe that she's into you she wants you so that's how they would play their scenes and then he would tell her like you need to play it like you're not like even though you might be like slightly attracted to him you need to like create like these kind of like a distance but he wouldn't tell each of them that they were like telling them different ways on how to approach their scenes together and you can kind of see it in some of their interactions where she seems like a little actually more than a little into it but she's also like 
<laughs> in the situation and she kind of like stops her stops herself before things go too too far but you can kind of tell that is how he told him to play it because he plays it with so much confidence like when he walks into her apartment and that guy that the guy she works with is there and yeah. he basically just casually like pounds like hey, what's up and like walks right by like, him take like, a hike <laughs> take a hike yeah <laughs> yeah it was like you know that's how he told him to play their scenes um you know they i never i didn't really pick up on this when i first saw the movie but the director said that she is lonely in her own way too even though she wants to like get this big story for her, her work like her interactions with him online too is because she also in her own way feels completely kind of isolated and she's usually kind of like reserved and cut off and i never really picked up on her i thought I always looked at it as like her this is just a job but she in her own way isolates herself and like feels alone and actually the interactions she has with him like are also even though she's trying to get a story are pretty honest to the way she handles her conversations with him i don't know if you guys picked up on that i didn't pick up on it when i first saw it but that's how the director explained their her dynamic yeah that Carl, I'm, inter- I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this too because like i thought that uh, the way that she played it was she was attracted to sort of this his young laissez-faire I'm cool with just kind of doing my own thing and I don't get nervous. I'm not worried about like the future. I, he has his shit together now, kind of, even though he's in a tough spot, but I think that she was sort of attracted to like that young playfulness and like, you could really t- like, he gets her to smoke weed and like, yeah. she's this like, nor like sort of pinup reporter. Yeah. So like, yeah. I was kind of wondering what you thought Carl about like, um, like sort of the way that, that, the way that he played it, like Plays the kid. Out. I thought he did a really good job. I thought the kid did a great job. By the way, what else has he been in? He's, he's mostly done TV. He was on Bates Motel for like five seasons. And then he's been a lot. He's been on SEAL Team. He's on another show on CBS right now. Like he was in, yeah, he's a good He's a good actor. Sky High or something. Oh, The yeah, Pacifier. Really, That's what I know. The Pacifier. The Fire. Yeah, he's and a good jumper. actor. What a, yeah. what a box office hit. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I thought the kid did a great job. He was he was great at playing just the I don't care uh, about not even thinking about my future sort of reject kid, and uh, you know just kind of gets caught up in this whole lifestyle. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I did pick up on the fact that she was lonely, okay. uh, because initially I was under the impression that she found the story because she was going to this site because she was lonely. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Something like, okay, so she had found this site. She knew they existed and is kind of trying to play it off as like, no, I'm doing this for work. But in reality, she is actually drawn to this kind of thing. Like you said, she smokes weed. She wants to be a rebel. Yeah, and by the way, too, I thought it was interesting, too, because I never picked up on this. I didn't notice it a lot when I first watched the movie. Before she goes on camera with him, where he where they he finally sees her, she like goes and like fixes herself up a bit. Like she takes a simple wine. They touch it, but yeah, she doesn't have to do that if this is just like you know work. <laughs> like she's trying to like scoop a story. Like so, I do think that's interesting. That's probably how she did like find it. It wasn't like she was you know she had I mean hard hitting journalist who was looking for a story. Like she was just well, and they, and the FBI says too. Like she gifted him stuff, so like obviously she was paying him. him. More than just like the rate she had to right. know that whatever what she was, was doing wasn't legal yeah yeah that's yeah. yeah yeah well or legal in terms of her job like she crossed the line in, in the at job work. at yeah. work yeah 
Yeah. By the way, he actually had them really smoke weed for that scene, so they were very, they were high. No uh, way. According, according to the director, he was like, and they improved a lot of their stuff. Like, so there would be a lot of the stuff in the movie. He said, like, yeah, like Andrew Stern wrote a really good script, but he wanted like conversations to be more like realistic and less like and more natural. So he encouraged a lot of them to improv. And there's a lot of scenes in the movie that like that one is mostly uh, they were like, hey, just act like you're kind of flirting and like and just play off each other like that. And he was like, he was like 90% of that scene is like stuff they came up with on their own. Wow, that's that's very impressive. Yeah, but I thought that was funny. I was like, you really have them like get high for, for one scene. <laughs> And spoke we together uh yeah i actually think that their story it's not my favorite but it's pretty intriguing the way it kind of unfolds a bit and i, I yeah also love the subtle like when he first turns her down about writing the story about the whole like video chat stuff like all that and he was like no i'm not gonna do it and then that when he goes back to the place and that one kid that one girl is like getting the kid ready for his like first show and he walks yeah. in on it and then he walks in and like that moment of realization like this isn't like seeing this kid probably reminds him of when he first got involved in all this and like so maybe there could be i mean she really gave him and the feeling that there could be a way out for him if he wanted it if she would yeah. 100 if she would have been 100 percent honest with like you know why she was doing what she was doing i think it's interesting that she really it's a hard character to read sometimes because I can't tell if she really thought she could run this story and have no, there would be no consequences from it. Like, you know, like she did a big boom in her career and like we could still figure out how to like, you know, get you out. Like, I feel like, you know, she was a smart woman. So I'm really interested that she didn't really think all those things through entirely. Well, that's that's what I kind of got from that is that she was trying to do what was best for herself. Yeah. And then she ends up meeting this kid who actually does turn out to move her and she has some sort of sentimental feeling for him yeah. and in her like realization and reaction to trying to, to do a good thing, she kind of gets caught up in this mess. And so to save her own skin, she has to kind of pull away and do what's best for her, which hurts yeah. him in the long run. So it's like, yes, she was, I wouldn't say selfish, but she was just looking for a story doing her job, but then gets too involved and then has to save her own skin and hurts him in the process. So yes, she did exploit, him exactly what he says at the end of their scenes yeah and like it kind of it sucks for him but it's like she did everything except she did everything right i guess except getting too involved and the only yeah. thing that uh that sucks is because i mean i thought that she was a good person i thought that she I was think she was like, in like likeable, a likable person but like to him she's this like conniving like person who's who's trying to just get whatever she wants and doesn't give a shit about anyone else and so right. that kind of sucked to see because that's on, that's his only impression of her where she's going to leave always thinking like, wow, this guy really thinks that I just took advantage of him, even though that's probably not the way she felt. Yeah. By the way, that scene where he blows up on her, like, or like I think that's they're probably their best scene they have yeah. together. And when he gets like, so he gets like mean to her and he's like, I turn people on, like you can turn a light switch. Like he's like, oh, he's on, and he just like, lay, like lays into her. And then I love that, like the subtle thing where he, and he mentions about her exploiting him. And he has that like kind of line read where he almost like almost cries when he says it. Cause like, you know, I think he did believe that like she could have, you know, possibly got him out of that. And now like she there's, yeah, she thought she could, she thought she could kind of play both sides and like, uh, do what she needs to do for work and then also pull him out the life who's i think the tension though building up to that where he's like on like in the back seat on the phone and the guy's like give me your phone and he's like <laughs> Dude, yeah that was a tension yeah. moment the yeah tension, the tension before the climax was really intense yeah uh, 
I mean, gosh, and I I thought it paid off too when it finally hit and there was all the slow-mo, you know, she's she's falling back from the punch. Jason Bateman's swinging the hockey stick with just rage in his face. I just felt like the stakes were going to, it was going to be worse than what happened because to her, she gets sort of like, like kind of hit, she gets punched in the face, but there's no blood on her face at the end. I thought she was going to get slam her, like whiplash her head and yeah. either die or just be serious <laughs> you, know you know what i'm noticing and you're like what you were waiting for during this climax is that I was someone, waiting for some dark someone, shit. Was, someone was gonna die you were like I, why did no one die at the end of the movie well, it seemed like everything was so so serious leading up to it and then in the end it was kind of like the couple the guy didn't die no gun went off and for her she just kind of got bitch slapped by this guy yeah. and like like, yes, that was, I mean, I thought the, the tension leading up to it in that climax was fantastic. It was amazing. But what just feel, I, I felt as a viewer was going to be more serious. Like there were going to be more serious consequences. I understand that. It does feel like it's building to like, someone's going to get hurt, mm-hmm. like really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, is it good that it didn't end in that kind of like typical way where you're like, oh, I, I think someone's going to someone's gonna get it like they kind of didn't they kind of subverted someone's expectations a little it. bit <laughs> it's like they kind of subverted expectations like a little bit i guess it's good that they didn't do what we thought yeah. they were gonna do yeah. but i do agree where like the stories are so big that it felt like there would be major 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 well because the whole movie is just a straight like incline it is just building the entire way right so this movie gets compared a lot to crash in the way that oh the, yeah the, and, the, and the way that the story is built and i think that movie that builds to a point where, yeah, someone Crash? does. I have not seen Crash. Oh, I won't, okay, I won't, I, won't read, I won't read it for you. But that builds to a point where, like, stuff happens. Like, that's really, like, massive. And, like, that's a lot of the comparisons that come with Disconnect, where they're like, oh, I felt like it was going on the same trajectory as you're not the first person I've heard say that they thought worse things were going to happen uh, by the end of the movie. Because the tension really does feel like it's, you can cut it with a knife <laughs> as, uh, while they're building yeah. up. So, like, these, like, stories, like, colliding uh, with each other. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, going back to like the Jason Bateman story, um, and actually Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo doesn't get a lot of credit. Dude, I think he does being so a, well in that. He's a really good actor, and he's known more for like action roles and like being a badass and stuff like that. But Battle he, of L.A. Yeah, is he, he is. In he, that and he's in like the Purge. He's in some of the Purge movies too. Like he Beyond is. Beyond <laughs> <Skyline>. <laughs> he is. Uh, known for that and like this is like probably some of the best stuff he's done i think as far as an actor i put it up he, there. he i guess when they made the movie he his his sons were young at the time when he made it. he has three three boys and he said that he could relate to because uh, he had a very similar like maybe he was working too much i'm too detached from like what my kids are going through so he was able to kind of bring that to role so he very much understood like what that father-son relationship was like how they like weren't even communicating at all. Like his kid clearly is going through a lot of stuff himself, which is why he's acting like such a bully at school with his his friend. I mean, it opens with them being destructive little shits. That whole thing with like the the pee in the <laughs> at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so gross. Just mean kids, <laughs> just mean. Kids. Yeah, but it said that Colin Ford played his son and the other kid too. They actually he had like advisors, like young people who were on set at, they were kind of bullies when they were going up and like we explained to them, like made them do that and how they changed and like stuff they were going through and made them act out that way. So they actually learned a lot just from talking to people who have experienced it. 
and they wanted the he was really worried i guess the director really wanted the kids to come off as real because he was like sometimes kids can be pretty precocious in movies like this they cannot really sell these kind of stories that well but i think they, he did a really good job casting all the younger kids in this because they really felt real yeah and i do i do like that like you learn right away that like you know he doesn't have like a good he doesn't have good communication with his father and all the conversations that he ends up having first with the son and then and with Jason Bateman when he's like talking to Jessica but talking to him everything that he's saying is coming from a place of truth mm-hmm. when he yeah. when he's like when he's asking Jessica did he ever talk to you about this like you know would he ever did he ever try to like tell you that he wanted to kill himself and then when he gets to that point like he was like well, you know, maybe he thought that you wouldn't care. Like all that was true. Real. It was all real. real. And like, that's why I think that's a, I thought that was a really interesting, cool way to write that where, you know, that kid needed something to like get an outlet. Oh, that's an outlet. Not the best way, but like, you know, that I, many, other, like, many other ways, other ways, honestly too, like there's so many scenes in the movie that are played out. Like you said, like with just the chatting, right. And there's no like dialogue that scene where there, where he's talking to, Jason's Bateman character online and it's just it's mm-hmm. silent and it's just you're reading it still pretty powerful though that you're just your reactions and just like you know when he gets to the point where he says like he probably thought you wouldn't care and Jason Bateman's like face like, like utter yeah. disappointment like, yeah, yeah. That's brutal that was one of the most powerful scenes to me it just makes you think like you know what would you know what would any parent think right. you're totally feeling Jason Bateman's character like of course he loves his kid of course like what else yeah. is he gonna do like you totally feel for him yeah and yeah there's there's yeah, no words being spoken but it's powerful but then I mean the kid also Jason I guess the kid's name is he kind of gets carried away because he's opening up to this father figure and then he's like oh we never meant for it to happen like that would be a real (laughs) conversation that you would have with a father but he's talking as this fake person and then jason bateman's face goes from like sort of despair to kind of like like what the fuck (laughs) what's going on yeah Uh, and yeah that's it like that like dynamic between bateman and hope like it was, it seemed so realistic because they were both coping with their, their sadness and every and like the whole experience in different ways. Like she was there, like the line where he's like, "Yes, you can go and sit and kiss and rub his and like touch his yeah. hair." I can't fucking do that. Like do that. I need to be doing something else. Like you do that. That's good for you. That was such a real moment. That was really well written. And yeah, and acted, and acted too. That was really good. And like and the daughter seeing it from the outside, thinking that he's being selfish, trying to get guilt off of his own plate but i think that he's just looking for justice and he's looking for reasoning why it, why it is i don't think he thinks that i don't think bateman thought it was his fault and yeah. then he's like this is what i can do is figure out what happens and that's gonna sort of close the story and, and, and kind of figure it out more for himself but yes it he did not he wasn't really by his son's side so that that's kind of uh it was it was really 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 well done because each person had their own perspective on how they were going to deal with it and each yeah. family member also like their reaction to the other family members was a little bit misconstrued like they were all kind yeah. of doing it they were all doing the right thing but just not communicating uh, yeah and i actually like love the the scene that they have at the hospital where he like goes to see him and like he's actually talking to him for real like you know like, like. like like, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Not, not for real, but like, yeah. I also love what Jason Bateman like realizes, like that's who the like, yeah, 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 he knew something was off. He's so pissed off too. Uh, but that kid has a lot of great scenes, and like, 
with some kind of heavy hitter suit or he holds his own like the scene where frank where they find out wait's ipad mm-hmm. stuff and he like confronts him about it that whole scene is so good and like when he gets to the point where he like he's like you know what that what that father's going through and he's like and he basically yells at him he's like i know that father and he's nothing like you like that kind of hit pretty i mean that was a really well done moment and for someone that young to kind of pull that off i thought was really good and like you know and frank grillo I, they said that they worked on that scene a lot together because they wanted it to be completely authentic and they got to places where there were or times where like frank grillo would kind of cry in the scene and the director's like i don't think you would like so kind of yeah. dial it back i don't think the character would so dial it back but he was reacting that way because he was really felt like you know he was hurting his actual kid that's how he felt like in that scene with him but they really wanted it to be as authentic as they possibly could and i guess they, that was a scene that they worked on the longest together yeah right i thought they pulled it off great because i mean i'm sure we've all been yelled at by our parents for doing something wrong like getting caught doing something you're not supposed to do be doing yeah you know? Obviously, not all of us get caught doing something like this. That, yeah. but, but I'm sure if you think of like the most serious thing you've been caught doing, it really felt like, oh God, these kids are in trouble. And Frank Grillo, like when he he's banging his fist on the table, yeah. tells yells at his friend's kid to just go home, get out of oh. here. I don't care how you get home. I am gonna be, be talking to my son right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. The, <laughs> look on fry's face when like he's getting yelled at by his best friend's dad and he know like he's the one who kind of sparks the whole confession yeah Yeah. and like dude that like just the shot of the two kids kind of staring there like staring at frank and like the sense of like we know we're caught everyone has had that feeling and i thought the face that fry has just was so authentic because it it made me feel like guilty and embarrassed and terrified Terrif- just absolutely terrified like your your stomach is probably just curdling with with everything yeah. that is happening and so that scene was just great because you also saw frank grillo being like he's like okay yeah you guys did something bad what'd you do like probably yeah. just gonna scold them in a normal way like they like bills <laughs> he's like wait you had something to do with that okay yeah. this is your intro he's like yes yes like that yeah. that whole thing was just fantastic it was crazy. And by the way i know this is different <laughs> involves my mother but i've actually when i was in high school when you think like parents are going to do something because like your friends there i've definitely my mom one time was like sean get the fuck out there's always like one like, to my son you know, like, talking to my son right now so that is very a very real <laughs> thing but I, I also think it's interesting that he knows he does something wrong but like like any parent he goes to great lengths to kind of protect him yeah and like because of what he does for a living he's able to kind of just like wipe it all away like it never happened and i was interested to hear what you guys thought about that if you if you were like if you sided with him on 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 that decision i mean because i a lot of the like themes in the movie one thing i noticed was that they kept showing shots of characters looking at pictures of their children like uh, jason bateman scrolling through photos of his son or, you know, zoom in on a picture of Frank Grillo's son when he's you know, deleting the, the iPad. Okay. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, these parents just want to take care of their kids. Kids. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I did not know. I didn't, I did not expect him to, to delete the, the iPad. Stuff. Yeah. I can't say I'm not a parent, so I don't know what it's like to kind of like unconditionally have your child's back, back. no matter what. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he thought he was doing the right thing. Is that is like, 
would he technically be implicated if he did that? If like his, I'm wondering well, like what the repercussions. I mean, I'm obviously thinking hypothetically outside the movie. Outside <laughs> the movie. Yeah, I know, I know. But like, he's doing something illegal to like save right. his kid's ass, and regardless of how serious it is, like, I'm wondering how like what the conversation he is he's gonna have with his kid afterwards. Like, listen, I had like. There's no turning back from that. He's like, you know what I did for you? You owe me like, yeah. big for mm-hmm. that. Because, so, like, I, I mean, I kind of agree with his action. Like, as a parent, you kind of, I, I don't want to say have to, but I understand why he did it. He had the ability to do it. So, I mean, he's going to try and, I mean, also it's probably saved some scrutiny for his parenting because everyone's going to come after him. Jason Bateman immediately punches him in the face when he's like, that's your son and you knew like fuck yeah. you pretty much like so he's kind of saving his own ass at, at the same time as well his whole family's reputation yeah and i guess the, i guess the legal part of it too right is because there is like the picture exchange right that, that makes it like child pornography child pornography <laughs> yeah and then and then of course like just the just the stigma of like what you did let this kid to try to kill himself you know yeah but yeah so i guess frank grillo would be implicated after if he knew about it and you know, wipes it like wipes it away. Like, yeah, he would get in some kind of trouble. Of evidence. No one found out about it. But I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, like, I'm not a parent either. I think some parents probably would. You know, def- turn their kids in. Oh, but I think they. I think they would do what he did. I think they would try to like, even though like we're supposed to be taught like there's consequences for our actions and all this stuff. I mean, it's different when you're a parent though, and it's your kid. And you know, I I thought him doing that was pretty realistic. I don't don't know if i agree with from a moral standpoint <laughs> about it i don't think a I judge think a of, would agree but as, I, a, I, as a human i think, he I, think did, a, I think a lot of yeah. parents would though very like, human thing very human thing i think a lot of parents would do it and uh and, and of course he probably you know he has his own guilt like you know my like my son was doing this stuff because like i have been completely distant and kind of like not really being a parent this kind of like well, he pulled I'm out the big guns. About- he pulled out the big guns on his son too, saying, "I'm so glad your mother's not here to." Not here to, yeah. When he said so like, that, that yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the one of the kids said what he did. Like, yeah, he, yeah. They both were pulling like their their top their top uh, retort. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the girl who plays the sister because the sister and the mom in that story don't uh, don't have like a lot of scenes, but I think they uh, have some pretty strong moments. However, the scene where she hawks Louie at her friend. Yeah. So it's a really powerful moment though, but every time I watch it, that blonde hair girl is in like what two scenes? And I can't imagine being like, I'm getting paid enough to do this movie. Cause it's a small movie. How many for times you to you like how many show? times do you have to hawk Loogie in my he said he only made her do it once on the commentary. <laughs> but it's so aggressive and comes out of nowhere. I was like, I don't know if I was an actor, I would be like, I'm cool with like spinning in my face. That looked like a big loogie. Yeah, it was a big one. <laughs> Because she like well, braced back and like went in like Jesus. That is that is completely redefined my thought. Like when someone says, "Oh yeah," someone like spit in my face. That's kind of low on my my list of like oh bad things to happen or disrespect. Now after seeing that, that is at yeah. the top of the list now of just like disrespectful things to do to someone because I mean it's it was completely valid. Like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of it in terms of a high schooler because like as sister's friends like she's that's probably the only thing she's talking about and going through and like i don't know how long they don't really do i i like how they don't kind of mention like oh three months later or some bullshit right, like right. That. so the, the timing's a little bit 
mis- or uh, just like a little bit ambiguous. So, I mean, the friends are probably hearing this all the time and then they're kind of going through their own regular high school stuff. So I get that it's tough for them to continue to focus on it, but it's like that scene was just so it's completely, it felt really real and just yeah like, uh, completely, completely justified too when she just, did it i was like you know what justified. <laughs> you know what totally deserve that but every time i watch it i'm like right it's a huge fucking loogie and i don't know how yeah. like they how they are, in I, mouth how you, too it's not just like on the forehead it's like all over full face <laughs> and her and her face the girls to her credit the girl acting in that part is she's just like disgust <laughs> is like probably yeah. very real <laughs> and like i don't know that it's a powerful moment but i was like damn you have to really had to really shoot that she had to really spit in this girl's face and oh, it was God. very real it's not cgi spit this is actual no. like live from your mouth <laughs> it was very satisfying very satis- satisfying yeah I, yeah i love Sorry. yeah i love that i was like thank god like I, I thought i thought she was gonna like at least i wasn't expecting spit i thought she was gonna like smack her or something like that when i first I saw did. the movie i thought she was <laughs> just gonna get up and leave or be like fuck you but instead <laughs> I, that was the perfect way to do it. it was just that was like yep yeah we're done we're done here it was, uh, the director said also went back and forth on like how long they wanted the sister character to kind of withhold the like well, this picture got sent around and this is why I think this happened. Uh, he he actually mentioned that like at some pushback, so they were like, she should have right away. But I mean, he also looked at it as like, well, she was processing how she found him and like all this other stuff. Like maybe she wouldn't think to do it right away or how like to address it to her parents. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Like, did it seem like something you would, that she would show them right away? Like, I think this is why this happened. Or does it make sense that she kind of sat on it because you know she's dealing with her own kind of I guess processing I kind what she of saw. Do, I kind of assumed it was like she's a little bit older, so she's in a maybe different grades. Different yeah. grades. Right. Yeah. It would take a little bit longer for the picture to circulate, and you know, it, it didn't seem like that much time had time. passed since the incident had happened. So you know, maybe like a week or something later, and and you know, her in the wake of the incident, her friends may have gotten a hold of the picture. Yeah. I never really got the impression that she was sitting on it to because she was too upset or something. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, even she even says it in the movie. She's like, hey, literally, this just got sent to me. And that I think that the second, especially as a sister, like, as soon as you see that, you're like, this is the reason. You know, kids are malicious in high school. You know that that would have thought process would have immediately gone to this is why something happened. And everyone like if my friend sent me this picture. Everyone in the school has seen it. Yeah, so I don't think yeah. she sat on it at all. But, all right, yeah, I, I yeah, you know, I, it's interesting when you listen like to commentaries of like how filmmakers look at scenes, and like what they kind of push back. They like little pushback. Like he was like, I could do whatever I wanted in this movie, and there'd be little things that they were like, oh, like you need to like explain this a bit more or make it clear like how long did she have it, and like did she go to them right away? And you know, yeah, like I said, he looked at it as like you know, like she you know, found her brother like that, there'd be a lot for her to kind of deal with too before, you know, and then also, you know, showing that to, you know, it's the right thing to do, of course, but showing that to your parents, like, you know, like, I think this is the reason that he did this. And, you know, that that had to be probably a hard thing for any kid to do, even someone her age. It wouldn't be an easy conversation to have with your family at all. Yeah, whatsoever. Uh, It's funny you mentioned that about the director, Gaius, because it just makes me think of when we were talking about Mr. Brooks, and (laughs) I'm talking like, I need more backstory, I need more explanation into what's happening, and then this, I'm just like, no, we're good, 
we're good. No, we're good. <laughs> I got it. And so, like, to think about what the director's trying to get, like, yeah. give me information for, like, that just made me feel bad because it's it's so hard as a director to think what viewers are going to think about specific scenes. Like, how are they going to interpret how much like how much uh, how much they know about the backstory or how or like what they're like because you you read into you had a lot of inferences in Mr. Brooks where I needed a little bit more yeah. clarification and for this we were kind of like I guess it was more of a <laughs> you know, I, I got it I remember when I was like is it is a movie good if I had to like justify my own like backstory like I still look at hypotheticals be like I think this I think this has happened well I didn't I didn't write the fucking thing why do I have to figure out why X Y you should have happened should have written that's what we came out of I mean. Carl, that episode, like, even though I picked the movie, like, once you listen to that episode, it's, I feel like one of my buddies sent me a message saying, like, I felt like you gradually realized that the movie wasn't good <laughs> while you were, <laughs> even though you, even though you picked it, even though you liked it, like, the more Owen talked to you, the more you were like, oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> maybe not so much with this one, though. I think, uh, I think I had a better uh, week with this one. Uh, Dude, this movie was great. This, 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 like, Every single thing that happened, like, there's sometimes a lot of, uh, like, just fillers in movies, like certain exposition or certain little things that just kind of, like, like long shots or anything like that. But this, every single little interaction mattered. And uh, I really like, like, kind of seeing just Jason Bateman's character be so dismissive to his wife because he's so in, ingrained in this, yeah, this wife. And, like... You can see how much of a dick he is, even though he probably doesn't even think about it. And that transitions to the way that he's treating his kids. And he just thinks, oh, I was like that when I was a kid. I turned out fine. He'll be good. Right. But it's just a different way to grow up. And that's one of the biggest things I took away from the movie was like, I mean, living in the Internet age, as a young kid, you kind of go through this angst period. And if you really don't have very many friends and you kind of meet someone online, it's very easy to open up. And you really have no idea the dangers of what it is just letting personal information out to random strangers that can completely either A, ruin your life and steal your identity, or B, like completely bully you and create this whole thing that will lead you to try and do something, yeah, take your life. And it was just such a realistic, like, viewpoint on how dangerous like i i I was telling carl like as we finished i was like this movie's gonna make me never want to post anything on the internet ever yeah (laughs) ever again yeah i do want to ask you guys because like some of the a lot of people i know do like the movie that i've seen it there's a big debate on whether the whole like we need to communicate better thing is heavy-handed in the movie like if it eats you over the head with it and i was wondering what you guys thought about like its themes where they like you know, told just right, or did it feel like they're like, all right, this is the kind of the message like the movie is like trying to send to people watching it. To be honest, I got caught up in the stories too much to to feel like I was being beaten over the head by the themes. Um, I mean, really, the reminds me the most about the themes is just the title of the movie itself. I never really, I didn't have the impression one once it was over that like uh some soapbox sort of thing yeah that, yeah exactly like they were they were trying to to just shove it down my throat um it but it did really give me this uneasy feeling about technology and i think that that's what it was trying to accomplish right yeah i think that it gave me an uneasy feeling in terms of what to share but i think it showed how 
great technology can be because you can connect with people in a different way than you are in real life. So just like kind of what I was saying before is that people seem to be more real with strangers online than right. they were with their real family and loved ones. Yeah. Right. And so like that was a very interesting way to show because a lot of people feel like that all the time when like sometimes people get socially awkward and anxious when they're trying to have a difficult and tough conversation with someone where like going up to your dad saying like, hey, I feel like you don't love me is an impossible thing for a fucking 13 year old kid to go and talk to his dad about. But like talking to someone online about it can seem very, very easy. And so like there's that, like Carl said, disconnect. <laughs> where, where it's like i think that it was it was very subtle enough where i could see the differences between real life human interaction and how like the online stuff was where people felt the most comfortable and i think that that was because they felt comfortable they felt willing to open up and share personal information that ended up biting them in the ass and that's that's the tough part where it's like how much do you share how much do you trust make sure you right. know and that's why real life human interaction is important because that's where you can see someone for who they truly are yep i agree i mean it's interesting this movie came out in 2012 and we we talked about this with different movies before where it seems like why they kind of hold up is because years later they can still be just as relevant today and i feel like the whole like technology thing and people like getting lost in like social media and like the internet is an even bigger problem for kids today, especially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Cyberbullying, so, especially. Yeah. So that's what's interesting to watch it, like, you know, remove from when it came out in 2012 is that this is still very much a big thing for a lot of people. And I think that's why uh, this movie did not make a lot of money. It has, like, since it came out, like, people, when people do catch it and discover it, uh, that's one of the things that they talk about is, like, oh, it feels more relevant today than it probably even did was pretty bad then too but like this, yeah. it's gotten you know it's gotten even worse i think today with like so many social media platforms like kids of all ages being on them and you know and and people not really communicating with each other whether whether it's in the household or like friends or like anything like that i think that's in a lot of ways it's gotten worse i think yeah uh, I than when this, this movie first came out um but yeah i mean i i personally don't think it's heavy-handed either I, I agree with uh carl that you kind of get like lost in the stories enough that it doesn't feel like they're like they're like oh there's the message like that's it's right there by the way <laughs> by the way now like the overall like ending like when the the stories collide and it's like the whole slow-mo thing um like even people i know that love the movie like hate that part because <laughs> it's like it's very dramatic but i mean like we always talk about like really cheesy like probably like film student shots like oh this is gonna look so cool like probably the director thought like, Bateman really hockey stick is so <laughs> film cool yeah. yeah and like you know I had a friend like when they saw it like on it's like like the movie but it started like laughing a little bit they're like this is kind of ridiculous like, like we were like in a really good spot till we got here like necessary like slow-mo but I, do you kind of liked it like them up yeah, yeah I thought it worked I mean my counter would be how would you have done it true yeah i but yeah i wouldn't even know how i mean in a way that like is unique and different like be hard to like you could have you could have just had like cut from cut like make it like anyone else would have done it i mean i think i agree with that i, don't, I can't think of another way that would even be it fit. Right? I, thought, it fit. I thought it was good you know it's three stories that are all climaxing at the same time and we sort of have a stoppage in time where we can sit in the climax and sort of feel more all of that emotion that was going on and know that it's the climax and know right yeah a little 
help from the from the director there like yeah. all right pay attention to this moment it's important <laughs> yeah. all right uh, since it's a big ensemble cast is there any one person particularly that you thought was like mvp of be like you're like that person gave the best performance of of the bunch i think frank grillo and um uh what's her name red Vocker or whatever it is no <laughs> You're right, bro. Yeah, so <laughs> Redenbacher. Redenbacher. Oh god, yeah. I thought she did amazing. Well, now that you know that she's British, uh, probably yeah. she did an even better job. Well, I just I just really believed her character. She felt like a real actual reporter. Person. I was she, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I could see her on like your local news. Yeah. Like that's what like uh yeah, what about Also, her? can I can I say I don't know if yeah. this is a little bit like mean to say, but her maybe this was trying to promote like kind of how lonely she was, but for someone who's as beautiful as she was, and she was hooking up with like her like oh, sort like of her, chubby, like, like, like yeah, boss sort of like uh, editor. I was like, yeah, was like, really? Was it they had a relationship? Yeah, they like they were together. having sex or slept together. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's so funny because they sleep together, and then she asked him for a favor, like right after he was like, oh, that's why you like you. He really does seem like that's why she did it. She was like, all right, I need something from you. So, yeah. you know, because she didn't it look like she enjoyed it. She didn't enjoy it. She didn't look like she enjoyed it at all. No. <laughs> she was like, it was like a means to an end. But yeah, Frank Grillo is probably my favorite, I think. They're all really good. Uh, Andrea Rice as well, even though she has a very long name that can barely fit on the movie poster. <laughs> was also uh, very good. But I thought everyone did a pretty yeah. good job. I'll, I'll be different and say I thought Bateman was the best. His scene where he cries at the end. Oh, uh, yeah, that's really good. was really well done. You know, he 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 did great when he was he was acting as a lawyer and then when he was like angry dad, when he was dismissive dad, I thought he did a just a good job all around. Yeah. I did really like Frank Grillo. I thought he was he's great as a tough guy. It was weird to see him without a beard in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean what I like about Frank Grillo though is that you don't expect I mean he's you don't expect it from him, because like, you're used to him playing like certain types of roles he still has uh, the hard ass he does like, yeah he does he does yeah, yeah. i don't think he could completely get rid of it i think that's just no. still in frank grillo like it's in his dna well he looks uh, like <laughs> he looks like an ex an ex marine yeah. so yeah. like you can't really get rid of that on screen and you know even though like they're in the least realistic i mean the least gratifying story i still think paula Patton does a good job too like and especially in her scenes at the beginning like you said he does kind of like completely disappear but like she doesn't really have a lot to do once they start like trying to figure out like who took their identity and all that stuff like i feel like i would want to be with her a bit more in the movie yeah i thought because i thought she did like made some interesting and really good choices as an actress i thought um in a story that you know kind of doesn't play as strongly as the others but uh yeah yeah. that one kind of fizzles out unfortunately for me and Skarsgård, i i think he's a great actor my favorite is his, I mean, it looks seedy. Yeah, I mean, my favorite character that he's ever played probably is when he was in um, Big Little Lies. I'm not going to say Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> Yo, pretty like, little liars. Close to. Um, but like this one, I just, I was a little bit disappointed with uh, maybe it's the writing. Uh, the whole scene at the laundromat that he goes to is just like weird. It just doesn't make any sense, like what his interaction for that would be. And then also the kid who plays Noah, Noah Bono, Bobo. I think that they literally picked him right after Crazy Stupid Love. And they're like, we literally need this kid <laughs> right this here. Exact character. Because that's the only thing I could think of. Because he plays kind of the exact same thing. Yeah. I feel like he just switched families. 
and, and this was his character. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, well, as far as you know, get a little bit of info about the movie. There's not a lot. I mean, a lot of it, like I explained, like while we were in the episode, like some of the director's thoughts. I think it's unfortunate that there's not a lot enough about this movie. Uh, opened in limited release on uh, April 12, 2013. It premiered at film festivals in 2012. It only opened in 15 theaters and grossed $124,000 and placed number 31 at the box office. The film's widest release domestically was 180 theaters and it ended up earning $1.4 million uh, domestically and $1.5 million globally. I don't know how a movie like this with a cast like this, like kind of got dumped a bit because yeah. it, it has a, reviews is 70 70 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes uh, yeah i always thought it was interesting though like i discovered this movie randomly and i really know anything about it uh, i was surprised that it didn't have more eyes on it because it cast is really great the you know writing's strong i think it's a good uh for someone doing their f- first feature film after doing a bunch of documentaries i think also is technically really well made like it's shot really well it looks great uh, yeah it, it's, it's kind of crazy to me that this didn't really catch on uh, you think it's the maybe just how heavy the topics are? I think that could have been some of it. Yeah, because a lot of it is. I mean, like I said, when I when I suggested it, I was like, yeah, it's pretty heavy. Like, so I I think that could have been part of it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. You know, this seems like the kind of movie that would kind of be like on like a lot of like people's radar, especially Critics like choice. Yeah. yeah, like it'd be like kind of an awards thing and like. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, wasn't. But I guess the cool thing that we talked about earlier with uh, this show is that said they've discovered movies that they've either forgotten about or didn't even know about so hopefully uh with this one uh people will like watch it because they how did you watch about it do you, have, do you have a physical copy or uh... actually i actually don't have a physical copy of it uh, yeah i, I just rented a... it on uh, the uh, the google store so if anyone wants to watch it i didn't really search for it on any media platform uh, on any streaming service but i'm not sure if it's there and if it is it might be on like paramount plus uh, uh, has some sort of renegade movies out there but I need to look. I, do you have any info on if it's uh? I can look it up now. I I have it on like a hard drive, so that's how I watched it. But yeah, you got yours. Just a hard Google drive Google. full of just like hundreds of movies. It's like there. I have like top of like all this back here. <laughs> I have like eight or nine hard drives that have like three, four hundred movies on them. And that's like, amazing. And I'm always like, I don't know, and I don't. I'll end up watching the same shit, even though I have other stuff I could watch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's available on, not streaming anywhere for free. Oh, wait, nope, Plex. I don't know what Plex is, but it is available there for free. A little Plex Every, plug. Download little Plex, Plex, guys. Little, little Plex plug. Plex users. Yeah, we are actually going to message them, like, yo, we just mentioned you, and no one knows who you are, so can you hook us up with something? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere else, like, everywhere else, Apple TV, three ninety nine, Redbox, three ninety nine, Voodoo, three ninety nine, Amazon Prime Video, yeah, either. Plex is the only place you can watch it for free. Uh, otherwise, you have to do what Owen did. I will have like these movies like available. But, like, yo, I can just send it to you, and he's like, "No, I'll just rent it." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, all right." I remember, like, <laughs> Four dollars just gets me. You know what? I gotta watch it, <laughs> no matter what. Or when I actually had like a physical copy of Twenty Fifth Hour when I first showed you that, you're like, "Why do you have like a DVD?" <laughs> like, we could just. <laughs> I also don't have. I mean, I don't know if you can play DVDs. I usually just watch it on anything on my Xbox. I'll just stream it from there. So, like, if you brought a physical copy over, I don't have a Blu-ray just like sitting around to no. uh, to play. You so, can play Blu-ray and Xbox One. Nice. All right. Yeah. Bring oh, some physical well, stuff over. Yeah. Well, there we go. Now we have. Yeah. You. 
it's always gets like dismissed. Like, no, I'll just rent it. I'm like, all right, well, get it for free. Yeah, <laughs> seems true. like a time. True. Uh, but yeah, all right. Any uh, we have uh questions, and then just in case Carl uh was going to be on, I did reach out to Twitter to throw Carl in for once. So you have one together, just Great. in case. Uh, before we get to that, just like overall closing thoughts, like you know what you like something you would recommend to someone else, like if anyone was like looking for something to watch or your overall final feelings about the movie yeah overall i'd say it's definitely one that if you want a very i think it's very artistically done and a very well shot movie with like if you want a good drama this is a this is a good one um if you like movies that are drama i wouldn't really call it like a thriller i'm not really sure what genre it was under when i picked it on on wikipedia it says it's a psychological drama i was like that sounds a little (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of I, a little too fancy because it's three different vignettes yeah it's yeah. hard to put it in a specific one but i definitely recommend it for anyone who's interested in a good drama but it is one of those things that i've thought about like when do you watch this movie do you watch it on a tuesday night or like family movie night for a disconnect like it's 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 kind yeah, of a yeah. different, difficult one to figure out the time and place to watch it so uh, I definitely recommend it for everybody. It's it's great out. It's great. It's hard. It's gripping. There's a lot of uh, great acting in it, and uh, yeah, so I definitely recommend it. Uh, if you guys have uh, getting in your feels or something, or you have some um, some time for it, just yeah, just check it out. I think it's a it's definitely worth the watch. What about you, Carl? I would also recommend. Agree with Owen on the not sure about the right time and place to watch it. But it's definitely one of those movies that if if a friend recommends it to you, I would certainly check it out. Good acting and makes you think. Uh, the topics are good uh, and would I don't know if I would watch it again soon, but watch it again. Yeah, it's definitely not like a fun one to just throw on. <laughs> You're like, I gotta kill time. <laughs> yeah. Also, two two full hours, I think. Yeah, it's long. It's a long one. Yeah. Did it feel long to you guys? Well, I paused it at one point just to like go up and grab some water or something. I was like, oh my gosh, there's 50 minutes left. But, <laughs> and there's just so much buildup that I was like, gosh, like how much more can they do before everything crashes down? So right. I wouldn't say that I was, I got to a point where I was checking my watch, but it definitely, definitely is a good, it's a good runtime. Yeah. I think it's engaging enough where like the length doesn't really matter in the end no. like i think that i think the stories overall are just pretty interesting enough the characters are interesting enough uh also just really great performances from like a really stacked ensemble cast i think there's a lot that kind of keeps your attention where you don't really think about like how long it actually is i i didn't feel the length either when i first saw it and i still don't haven't seen it a few times since so uh, well yeah i'm glad that we uh glad you guys enjoyed it I, you know i'm always worried when it's like stuff like this we're like oh, yeah, i really love that movie and yeah. like I like uh, Carl, like sometimes with Owen, like I'll show him stuff like for the first time, and it's that awkward like looking over, like is he like it? <laughs> like especially when it's like one of your favorite movies or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, like showing your friend a video and being like, oh my god, he's not reacting at all. Not react all. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when you showed me Twenty Fifth Hour and you were just like staring at me for like <laughs> certain scenes, and I was like, this is sick, man. I like it. it good. I, I love that movie. It's great, but it is funny when you're showing someone that you. Uh, a movie that you care a lot about. Yeah, and then he, you ended up doing that to me uh, when you With, showed um, me a uh, shot caller. Shot caller, yeah. You're like looking over, like, oh, oh this part's pretty good. Cool. <laughs> like, I was like, right now, this now I know what it feels. Now I know what it feels like. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would. Uh, we usually mention like 
ask the stuff is up to now. A lot of these people are still very much working. Jason Bateman, of course, uh, still a working actor. Peter Riseborough, actually, I hadn't, he got nominated for an Oscar this last ceremony for Two Leslie, and she got like, she didn't really get in trouble, but like, no one really saw the movie. And a lot of her famous friends like pushed Academy voters to vote her in for Best Actress. Oh, she was, that was her? I, that's her, that's her, yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, it's not like, I mean, we talked about this before, like, Academy Awards is like, one part, are you talented? And the other part is like, you campaign for it. Who do you know and, here? And who do you know? And like, they really, really had a bunch of famous friends that were like, hey, like someone like this other actress is probably safe. So you need to vote for Andrea for this movie because no one's really seen it. And she deserves to be, you know, in that five group of ladies. And it kind of sparked a little controversy on like how what's fair as far as, you know, Oscar voting and all that stuff. Apparently she's great in the movie, but I mean, it was, I guess it's just the tactics of like how they go about doing That's it. unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Especially after seeing her in this when she just fell her job. Yeah. And honestly, if you see her in other stuff, like you, it's, it's never the same in any of her movies. Like she's completely different in like everything that she's been in. And like, she like really is like a chameleon of an actress. Amazing. Uh, and, the, and the guy who directed this, he won the Academy Award for uh, a documentary he did in 2005, uh, but he's only made one other movie says one feature film since this and it was simplify i've never seen it i think it's interesting that this guy like he seemed like he has like a lot of good like like a good technical eye like i thought he'd be way more feature films after this um but i mean it could be it could also just be that he is like kind of immersed in like documentary filmmaking and and more into that than he could be picky could be picky uh um well yeah well i'm glad you guys enjoyed it and so i have uh questions here i'm gonna give you your two together uh first okay Uh, all right, so uh, on Twitter at Lula May Maybill, uh, just in case uh, one brother is on, ask them who has the better taste in movies Ooh. between you two. <laughs> between you two. Oh gosh, I mean, I will say we like a lot of the same stuff. I mean, do you think? What do you think? <laughs> I would yeah. say <laughs> more movies than I've I probably do. seen more. He's probably seen more movies than I do. So here's the thing: whenever Whenever I'm around Owen, he will ask me, hey, you got to see this movie. It's so good. So I have a list of about 400 movies that I need to see from Owen. And your notes. <laughs> exactly. So, but as far as what he likes and what we like, I think we really kind of like the, a lot of the same things. Kind of gripping, gritty. Well, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but we, we both like very... Uh, gory action we do enjoy that kind of stuff yeah Uh, i mean we like a lot of the same tv shows i'll I'll say that as well Uh, but i think that like in terms of movie taste it's really hard to say who has the best one because obviously i'm going to say me (laughs) (laughs) every other week so you have to (laughs) yeah of course but 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 i think that like just in terms of taste and uh, like what we enjoy it's just like us identical oh there you go (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting too because I've been asked uh, from us doing this show, like who has better taste in movies. But I think we like a lot of the same stuff usually, uh, Sir Blurks ex- excluded. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I think it's similar uh, stuff. But yeah, that was interesting. I'm like, glad I got that question because I thought one of you was going to be like, oh, yeah, definitely me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, I cast Overlord is for both of us, Owen. Uh, no. Um, oh, okay. If, oh, if playlists. Uh, and do the editing and stuff for your podcast do you think you guys would have actually done one together 
there was a lot of talk when we started it about wanting to do a podcast. Um, but I don't think I would have had the time to do what playlists so happily does for us, which is edit the show and deal with audio issues and stuff like that. So I kind of think we would probably me personally still be talking about wanting to do it, but playlist helps a lot. Cause I, I don't think I have the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, from just talking with the guys on so wizard podcast and like all the editing that they do, uh, that was one of the big sort of realizations for me when they were kind of talking about how much time it does take. Cause I know for a fact, we would have looked into it, figured out what software we needed and definitely like probably recorded a couple things to see what it would look like and uh, like gone down that path. But yeah, I, I'm not sure what the the timing and how much effort that would have taken. And so, like, yes, they take a lot of the the back end stuff off our plate, which is extremely helpful. And right. I mean, shout out to Playlist as always. But um, yeah, I, I think that we would have given it our good old college try, and yeah. uh, <laughs> we would we would have definitely pursued it. But I think to get to where we are now, it would have taken much longer. Yep, I don't think. So I recorded episode 84 with Jackson today. I don't think we would have had 84 episodes of this and now eight episodes of this. Uh, yeah. I would not crash and burn because we weren't into it. I just think it'd just be a lot of work. And like that, I mean, I it takes me a bit to like edit some of the like short clips that I have to do for like social media. I can't imagine because they have to like listen to the whole thing and like kind of mess with people's audio. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. And they have to like, you know, make sure everyone's audio is good and like cut out any dead air like stuff like that that's a lot of work it doesn't seem like it would be but it is and i don't think i would i know you wouldn't have had the time to like do that and i don't think with like every job i have i would have the time to do that either so i a good question that's a good question i mean that's why we always yeah this is why we always thank them at the end because uh they really uh one believe in the show but they just do a lot of work yeah to make the show good so uh yeah, I mean, I thank think you I, playlist. Thank you, playlist. All right, let me get one for you, Owen at Eric Weber. One second. Let's see. Okay, I got it. All right, Owen, you listen to the regular show. Is there any episodes that you wish you could be on uh, recently, or any topics you would have liked to discuss with Gaius and Jackson? Uh, I, I mean, I love talking about Oscar stuff because it's just like the most recent one that you guys did with uh, sort of talking about like Barbie and uh, like your picks. Oh, the early, the early, like Oscar. Yeah. Early stuff. And like, honestly, certain things just like the Jonathan majors thing, like this episode that you guys just did, like, I'm really excited to hear that one. Um, I mean, when I listen to the regular show, it's always, I have a little bit of a pang because I'm like, Oh, I have some good points (laughs) and thoughts on those things. And I I wish that I could always just uh, chirp in and, and get something done. But yeah, anything that's Oscar related recently is probably the ones that I would have uh, really enjoyed to to go on because typically I'll find some some other ones, guys, that you'll mention like foreign film or other things that are kind of nominated that I might not know about that gives me a good list of things that typically are acclaimed and for me to watch. And I also love to shit on the Academy for picking certain things that are just Oscar bait. And so yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I literally like to... To kind of um, to spit my opinions about those, and I remember last year when we did the Oscars, that was a that was a fun fun time and some good episodes. So those are the recent ones that I probably would have wanted to be on. 
Yeah, and credit to Jackson. Jackson joined like in the middle of award season. He joined at like the beginning yeah. of January. And he got thrown into like, all right, he's like, I normally just watch the Academy Awards. And like, I was like, all right, there's Golden critics' Globe, choice. Sad. It's going, uh, yeah, sad. Critics' Writers choice. Like, so he was like, I was like, I enjoyed watching it all, but he was like, it was funny too, because like when it was over, I was like, oh, I'm glad this is like finally over. And he's like, yeah, we don't have to like talk to, about this for a bit. And then he messaged me that next day. He's like, I feel so bad saying we should do an episode about early 2023 contenders because I just said I don't want to talk about this anymore. But I just think it'd be interesting to do. So like, yeah, to his credit, he really kind of deep dived into that and like learned a lot about award season and like how it all works. And like, you know, he was really surprised by like the career uh, Academy Award. Uh, yeah. We talked about a lot where it's like yep. person wasn't that great in it. In this because they've been in a lot of movies and you're finally giving them an award. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, yeah, he did. He did a really good job uh, adjusting to all that. Well, that's interesting. What episodes that you wish you could have jumped in on? Carl, I mean, if I'm gonna give a realistic answer, all of them. <laughs> like they're all, they're all of them are great. To like I said, every time I listen to it, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could have. I have some some things I wish I uh, could have said. Yeah. Okay. And for me, at Slasher Trash, uh, you talked about marketing the show Slasher before. Trash. That Slasher Trash is a great name. <laughs> Twitter, uh, oh wow! Yeah. You talked about uh, the marketing before. What? Does it really entail though uh, the show? So every I I think I use every social media platform now. So it's Facebook, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now too. Uh, I people have messaged me that they found the podcast through like the video clips that we put on TikTok. Uh, I think every one of them has like a different purpose and different like audience you can kind of reach. Yeah, um, you know Instagram is good because I have that built-in thing with G reels already, so that is a really big one, but there's a lot more podcast conversation on Twitter, so that that's another place where people discover the show. Uh, they all really just help, and I've actually talked to Owen about this over the weekend. Where, you know, I sometimes I'm like, I wonder if I should ask, like, what clips do you want me to use? Like, what should I do to promote this episode? Uh, I kind of it's already built into what I do for a living. It's you know usually just so much easier Your for me. Instincts to just do are very it. good. I'll tell you that you have very good instincts Thank you. when it comes to what's post. So yeah, but it's a it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, but it's also pretty rewarding because like the show's doing well, so I feel good about that. But like I I wouldn't just focus on just one. Like I think they're all useful. Like I only use Facebook now uh, to promote the show. I don't like use Facebook at all otherwise. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's also like podcasts like groups on Facebook that like you share the episodes there. Uh, a lot of people who are just helping each other as far as like fighting guests for shows and all that stuff like it's a whole like world i didn't know about until we started doing this uh, thankfully everyone's been very uh supportive like like you brought the so wizard podcast they have over 400 something episodes and they've never missed a week since they started That's and i don't know how they do that because uh, we've definitely have taken some breaks <laughs> ridiculous uh yeah like Pops. i think they're at like 452 episodes and they've never missed a week and well, I'm really like looking at people like them and how they're doing it. Um, I changed how we did some of our posts because of like, you know, Mark J. Parker, who's been on the show, like the release date rewind podcast. Like, I was like, I'm not trying to copy how you promote the show, but I like you have some good ideas. <laughs> yeah, some good ideas. So like, can I kind of like utilize that? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Feeling like, shamelessly. Yeah. And also I was only like in the beginning, only promoting the episode the day it dropped and kind of not think about it until we recorded another one. But now I feel like it's, 
the exceptions gotten better since it's been like a daily posting about like and especially with this one since it's every other week it allows the show to breathe a bit i think that's why the dogma one did so well because like you know there's like this gap between we before we do the next one yeah uh, so it, it makes it a lot easier to uh, vote but i will say this i've talked about this before i think everyone should just understand what their roles are when you're like doing uh stuff like this like if you're Agreed. cool with like if you're cool being the promoting guy and then that's great i think everyone should like play to their strengths i guess is what the best way to put it and like person showing up to just be on the show like that is just as important as promoting it because you have to be like invested in what you're talking about and care about what you're talking about and uh you know act like you want to be there so like <laughs> i think that is also very important so yep i would just say that it's a lot of work but like doing something you like and you really love it it becomes less work i think yes yeah so good yeah. questions yeah, really good questions this week and uh carl thank you for being on with us uh, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I'm very happy it happened. I'm glad you enjoyed the movie, and I'm glad that you kept up with the conversation. It, I, like I said, I'm listening to it right now. And like, if I would close my eyes though, I wouldn't know who was actually talking at certain point. <laughs> It'd be interesting to hear some of the comments. I have to like, I have to keep going. Like, Carl, what did you think? So they know it's like you talking as yeah. opposed to Owen. Uh, yeah, I hope it felt good for you being on and that you had a good time and. Uh, it's great. I, I love banter between you guys. The the show's doing great. It's really fun to be on. And yeah, good movie choice too. Thanks. And uh, so the week after next, it'll be Owen's turn to pick. I think he already Finally. picked it. I think he picked it already. Uh, you might check and see if it's trending first before he makes it like official. Yeah, official. maybe I'll do some research. <laughs> like out, uh, who's in the who's in the doghouse and who's trending. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah he'll be up next uh, with his pick. And as always, uh, you have to sign us off. Got to sign us off. Yeah, well, hey, guys. Uh, just want to say thanks for tuning in again to Back to the Blockbuster uh, Presents Deep Dives with Owen and Gaius. Special guest, my twin brother, Carl. Thanks for being on, man. It was uh, great to watch the movie with you. I mean, I, I watched the last couple with Gaius, and it's always great to watch with people. I think that that's been a great way to kind of extend my thoughts and then and have uh, – have a great conversation about it to uh, spark this uh, conversation on the podcast. So that was really great. And uh, just want to say, keep listening. Good pods has been a fantastic outlet for us. Uh, listen on there and uh, getting us up the rankings, which is not the most important thing, uh, but it is a great way to continue to find new indie podcasts. We have great support throughout that entire platform. And listen to all their podcasts, too. They're all amazing and fantastic with some great people that we have had on the show. So uh, listening through there, I personally like to listen to Spotify. That's how I get my podcast. But you can listen to it anywhere that you find podcasts. Uh, Google, Yahoo, I guess, YouTube, maybe. I don't know. Wherever <laughs> wherever there's an internet site, they probably have a podcast. When you found podcast, out I so. use, like, Apple. When you found out I use Apple Podcasts, you were just, like, basic. Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> But now I've been using good yeah, pods. The one, so there we go. <laughs> the one that uh, seems to be the most popular still. So Apple, uh, keep listening on there too. But uh, as always, guys, keep uh, keep listening. Uh, I guess love the polls that you've been doing. Uh, all the, the different clips that you've been showing. The Mr. Brooks one where uh, uh, to me is just flying. <laughs> launched out of a van. <laughs> just launched out of a van was just amazing. So that was that was awesome to see. Uh, yeah, just keep typing in questions. I guess and I, this is what we love to do. We love to talk on Mondays and listen to and share stuff with you guys on Fridays. It's it's just absolutely great. And keep listening to the main show. Jackson uh, is absolutely killing it. So we just want to keep bringing you guys new content. Playlist, thanks for letting us be so creative. 
big shout out to you guys and um it will be my pick in two weeks i do not have one yet but uh, i got some good ones gase and i've been talking over the weekend about ones that we might pick and uh I'm not picking parts of the Caribbean dead man's chest. That was a joke, by the way. It's a fantastic movie, and it's not going to be my pick. I was um, like, we can't even, but, like, uh, yeah. dive the first one. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but we'll um, get something good for you guys uh, for the next couple weeks. So looking forward to it. And as always, um, it's been a good one. Peace.